You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Welcome back to The Social Hotelier Podcast with me, Sam Eric Rutman. We have a great show today. I'm very excited to introduce to you uh, one of my favorite adventure travelers who has made it uh, not only a a passion, but also he has made it a business. And that is Luca Franco. We had the pleasure of meeting in in Montenegro. And of course, uh, being in the travel industry, I've been following uh, actively about your great projects around the world. And so uh, I, I couldn't miss the opportunity to bring you to the show so we're going to have a discussion and learn more about uh, uh, what's behind the passion and also the business, how you have developed uh, the luxury frontiers. Yeah, thank you. I, I, let's see, really look forward to spark some, some ideas and inspire some people. Uh, first of all, uh, could you share the story about the luxury frontiers, how, how it uh, how it came to existence, how you got started, and what what triggered this idea that you want to start a company called Luxury Frontiers? Uh, yeah, that's a long story. But um, in um, first of all, it started because um, I, I've been I'm looking for adventures. I've been looking for adventures since ever since I was a, a child, always for uh, experiences and. Um, uh, even when nobody was calling exponential travel, but everything started triggered, got triggered in 2008, 2010 with the, the crisis. And uh, any crisis comes with opportunities, always. And uh, people start looking to collect memories versus to collect collect things to dust. And so there was a cultural consumer behavior shift. And, uh, and I saw that, and plus, with the, the, my passion for essential travel, and I, I, I decided to take uh, a looking to export essential travel concepts from Africa, where they were very success, successful at that time, to bring them to US, to North America, to Americas, to globally. And uh, I look at it, uh, the, 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 the market, the demand, and 75% of the guests to Africa, safari lodges, luxury safari lodges are coming from U.S. Well, U.S., North America has an amazing landscape. Maybe we don't have uh, the big five, um, but very limited supply, and there was amazing demand. So that was uh, the essence of uh, the why luxury frontiers and um, and when I tried to export those concepts, uh, people were laughing at me. So now, look at those things will never happen in America or outside of Africa. Good luck with that. And ten years later, I have projects with most of those people, uh, and so yeah, we were very, very happy, proud, and we are certainly pioneers trendsetters, disruptors. How is the, the luxury travel evolved? Because there has been a shift on how people are traveling. And can you just uh, talk about uh, uh, what trends have played uh, this kind of role in shaping the industry the way you see it now? And who those uh, travelers are that are, are staying at the kind of uh, projects that you have developed? 
Yeah, I, I think in the last 20 years or 10, 15 years, we had two major cultural behavior, consumer, uh, consumer behavior shifts. One was the 2008-2010 economic crisis. The other one was COVID. Um, and there was, over time, we had a big uh, shift. And um, so from experiential travel, went to, to transformational travel, from transformational travel, went to more sustainable, evolved in regionally tourism. I believe a lot in the impact awakening. And 2020 COVID was bad, but it was, uh, uh, but it was it was an accelerator of something that was very clear that was going to happen. He, it was I, I believe COVID that was uh, like a wake up call from Mother Nature saying, guys, this doesn't work, and we need to revert. We need to change our thinking, our actions. And since then, uh, people start looking at something more experiential, more meaningful, more um, more about quality more towards nature, adventures, outdoors, wellness, empathy. I believe uh, consumer travel change moved to more empathetic travel, where people don't need to consume memory uh, experiences or check the box in all this when we travel, but has to be more uh, sensitive, more empathetic in a three-way between uh, the host, the guest, and uh, the local community. Yeah. I mean, the the pandemic was a very interesting time. I, I mean, I, I was in Helsinki during that time. And the, the memory I have of pandemic was that I walked to the center of Helsinki and I could hear in the park nightingales. And I could see the... I went to the harbor, the water was quite clear. And, you know, so it was sort of a, and it was so quiet, there was no traffic and was, uh, things are not the same way anymore. And, but that uh, listening to the nightingale in the center of Helsinki Park was, it was kind of a sign that, wow, well, I think we have something to learn from this, that uh, you are right, the mother nature shook us up a little bit, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that people have a little bit of a short memory. So we really have to continuously talk about these things and and uh, and sustainability or regeneration or how, how you how you talk about things are of uh, utmost importance so i know that the sustainability uh, is is a plays a huge role in, in what you're doing so could you talk a little bit can you dig a little bit deeper about the, what it means to you and how you go about it in in your business for instance yeah we we didn't change anything since covid we sustainability or attention to details, uh, listening to nature or learning from nature. Uh, it has been, it's part of our DNA. So it, clearly we cannot sustain something that is not sustainable. And we need to revert our actions. And so we need to have a more regenerative and holistic approach. So stop with the greenwashing. Hopefully a good thing from COVID was the end of, hopefully, the greenwashing. It's not anymore about uh, to remove uh, uh, a single-use plastic straw from a cocktail. It's uh, it's about really to understand uh, where the fruit is harvested, how the the uh, alcohol is produced, how well, and so on. So we need to learn from nature, and the nature has been. Uh, 
it's sustainable for the last 4.3 billion years. And, uh, and so we need to learn, uh, I know we throw out all the ups and downs and satans, so we need to learn from the nature of masters uh, to do that. And so everything that we do is uh, uh, based on biophilic, or not everything, but most of it we do is based on biophilic design principles, about mimicry. Uh, our approach is always um, we don't own the land, the land owns us. Um, so in a very respectful way and humble way. And so that, that's our approach. And throughout from planning, strategy, uh, design, development, operation, we always look at in a very respectful way. So you see that uh, the, uh, the luxury travel has, has uh, called attention to this kind of importance of sustainability. So they, they are ready for uh, not to be pampered in, in a very unsustainable way, but actually they are prepared to uh, rough it up a little bit and, and uh, explore the wilderness in a kind of uh, tented, uh, tented camps, if you will, or in light structure uh, uh, developments that you are doing. So there, there's a really clearly a shift of how, uh, how people like to travel. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, um, I think interesting when you look at the best uh, best results in the world uh, by Condenast, Travel and Asia, all those type of magazines that are based on consumer on ser- guest surveys. There is always several tent camps or experiential projects in the first ten, ten best ten. Why? Because it's not about maybe the best design product or building. It's really about those projects that have those that creating lifetime moments, memories for the guests. Those so that we are in several of those. We got a lot of accolades or awards, and that that's what makes me really uh, proud. That's very good. Yeah. Um, so there are challenges in, and uh, opportunities, as you say, in the in, in a travel industry. But can you can you maybe talk about some of the biggest challenges you see, and maybe the opportunities uh, in the luxury travel? Is it the the shift of uh, of travel, or is it uh, or what else would it be? Something that you you see uh, when you're observing how the luxury travel uh, has evolved? Uh, certainly. I mean, you're talking about challenges in these days. Uh, we had, uh, we're going through a very sad, uh, 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 awful crisis in in the Middle East, and uh, so that's that's unfortunate that what happened. It's happening. Uh, we the whole world travel. It, it's impacted by geopolitical uh, challenges. It, and the challenges impacted by geopolitical challenges uh, like the pandemic, like uh, global warming or global boiling, and etc. And, and so, our approach is very uh, try to be to be to be this diversified in terms of geographies, and so we work globally in in, in in different parts of the world. From a lot in India, in Africa, we started in Australia. They established in North America, a little bit in, in Europe, um, but we come to. So the diversification is very important for us. Um, 
and then um, but in terms of but in, in terms of uh, real focus on uh, investment from our side we, we we are focusing on North America very good I just read I mean after the uh, this past summer season uh, many of the uh, tourists or travelers out of UK who are uh, who usually spend their holidays in, in southern Europe uh, there are some reports that uh, stated that in the next five years there's a shift where people are traveling and uh, of course there is now people are looking up north to the area where we are here in the Arctic uh, and, and the Nordics uh, where do you see the opportunity uh, for let's say luxury frontiers to have a, have a development going on to my neck of the woods. I know you have been here before, but on Norway, but uh, how about the, the, the Finland and the Arctic Lapland area? Or even uh, Lake I, District? I would love it. <laughs> Sam, I would love it. Find an opportunity and come tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I believe uh, we were joking, like uh, we spent some holidays in, in Greece last summer uh, during after the, the all the fires, and we said uh, next year we are going to, as a family, we are going to book an, uh, uh, Scandinavian countries. I believe uh, it's it's a global, it's a global. I think it's uh, it, it could it could be an opportunity for the Scandinavian countries. But we we always look for the new frontiers, the new best luxury frontiers, the new something new, the explorer. Be on the on, on the edge with new new experiences and um, and the new innov- and innovation as well. So let's fund a project in Finland. Well, in the, there, uh, I'm not the ambassador of Finland, but I'm a passionate about Finland. So I think there there are several opportunities in in this area. Uh, obviously, the wilderness in in the in the Arctic or the Northeast, and then of course you have the archipelago, which is. Uh, uh, there are lots of islands which are uh, can create opportunity, or even the lake districts. So, though, particularly for families and couples, so there are there is an opportunity. So, I think we I need to work on this and, and invite you over here before you come on holiday with your family, so you can see some so see what we can offer here. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about your uh, collaboration with uh, various brands and properties. I know you have done some work with some uh, some of the top. I mean, luxury luxury brands. Uh, uh, can you discuss that importance of the strategic uh, partnership and how does it work in your business model? It is very important. Uh, it's all about relationships. Uh, and, and so we have a direct relationships, direct access to uh, CEOs, top executives of or the majority of hotel brands, majority of investors and uh, family offices and all around the world and uh, in, and it's about building is to have a, a very strong reputation uh, creating something out of the box concepts that's what we have a reputation for we we, we it's about building an amazing externally uh, design impeccable execution and attention to details uh, and then we throughout the years we became uh, a strategic preferred partners for uh, many of these hotel brands so anytime that there is a project that requires some uh, creativeness 
some innovation, some thinking out of the box, they call us. And so we have, we have projects with for seasons, with a man, with six senses, um, and, and, and with, with Carlton. So with all the di- different traditional brands, but also more experiential brands, uh, like um, uh, from, from, in, from Africa with uh, um, Belmont uh, and beyond, Abdelkambi and Kent, or, or in different regions, like uh, Oberoi, for example, in India. So he, we built a relationship, we built a great reputation, and um, and they are our long-term assets. Then, of course, there is a lot of word of mouth in the industry. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There, there is always that first project to get started, to get your foot into the door. What were there some of the uh, steps you had to take in order to get that first project, which gave you then the credibility and... Uh, uh, that people start to pay pay attention to luxury frontiers, what you were doing, and about to open the doors to many other opportunities. Maybe you can share some uh, some story about that. But uh, you you're right because uh, before I said oh ten years ago when I ten twelve years ago when I started, people were laughing at me because because also I didn't I couldn't show a proof of concept. And it took me a few years to get the proof of concept, and we started here in the US. We started, we we opened, we we created, started, developed, and designed and developed in the Camp Sadika by Amangiri in Utah. And it's the most performing, it took a long time, opened in 2020 during COVID and in, and throughout since then uh, is generating between $4,000 to $6,000 per night, 90, 95% occupancy, payback in two years. And probably is one of the most, uh, all the most um, um, profitable uh, and uh, uh, hotel or, or lodge in, in, in the world. And that gave us Credibility, reputation. Finally, we had a proof of concept. Since then, here in America, North America, we we had two other projects: one in Nayar in Costa Rica, and uh, and then the new Four Seasons Naviva by Four Seasons. In that case as well, Naviva is generating open. We opened last December, and since then, it's been generated between four thousand to five thousand dollars per night ADR. With ninety ninety five percent occupancy, this is a game changer in the industry, and um, and now finally I have those two concepts. Yes, I mean that's. Uh, but that's, uh, the, the thing is now it has been. Uh, I wanted to add, uh, we have all these projects under the belt. We learned uh, from on these projects. We had many learned lessons of what works, what doesn't work. So it's uh, it's time for us to not just to do to work for third parties, but also to work on our own projects. So, would you consider that being your long-term goal or aspirations for Luxury Frontiers? That uh, and how do you see your company growing, uh, uh, looking forward? Uh, certainly, there is a market opportunity, and there is very clear. The market is growing exponentially for this type of experiential demand. 
the industry is very fragmented. And so there, are, there is a conversion in, towards this experiential demand for experiential uh, for experiences um, with um, a conversion also from hotel brands and from capital partners. So, but the industry is very very fragmented. So, we at the Luxury Frontiers we are. The, at the moment, the design leader, the market leader, we have an IP, we have an amazing talent in, in-house. We know how to execute, speed to market. We have access to global and regional supply. We have a global network. So we we are ready. And, and now also now we we, raise, we, we we bought our previous investors out with the very aligned investors and towards growth, growth of the mothership, actually from their mothership, with the ability to, with the, the vision to create a, a vertically, fully vertically integrated ecosystem and with the ability also to, to, provide, to uh, provide strategic capital in general partnership, managing partnerships, and also at LP and that. So our aim and vision is really to become a, a, the global market leader in the luxury outdoor hospitality space. Well, uh, you are on your way to that. I can see that already from the way you are moving. And, and you, you, really, you were not started yesterday. You have worked on this for quite some time. So it, I think it takes with that persistency and a vision that you can eventually accomplish where you want to go. Yeah, it's a lot of passion uh, and persistence and perseverance. And and uh, my attitude is also never accept no as an answer. <laughs> so, um, and never give up. Uh, yeah. And of course, success uh, comes with a, a roller coaster with uh, tears, blood, and a lot of sweat and endless hours. But... Uh, if you believe in something, you can just make it happen. So that must be coming from your adventure travel uh, spirit then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm very lucky that uh, I, we, I have, first of all, I have amazing team and partners. So that's without those, without the team, I couldn't be here talking with you. But um, also... I'm really lucky because my my job is my passion. My passion is my job. So that means, on one way, means that I'm always in good places, but also uh, always doing adventures, always being in the outdoors, nice people, good people, different cultures. But also, things. The counter side, the other side is, I'm working twenty four seven. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are very lucky. Um, yeah. There are several aspiring entrepreneurs and uh, who are watching this uh, show. So c- what advice could you give those aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to enter the luxury hospitality or sustainable tourism industry? Uh, h- how should they go about it? Uh, maybe some practical tips to, to inspire them. Yeah, I mean, like I just said, I think it's a passion and perseverance. If you have an idea, just make it happen. Never accept no. But also as an answer, but also he do everything with a sense of humor. Don't take it, don't take yourself too serious because that's, that's what happens. I think it helps 
with some sense yeah. of humor. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so uh, a little bit about you, uh, Luca. It would be interesting to know what inspires you uh, as a founder and uh, have there been books or mentors or experiences that had uh, been sort of a life-changing for you uh, during the, your, your journey? Um, hmm. uh, yeah, um, I think I'm, I'm very curious and always have been very curious. And, um, and the bucket list gets bigger and bigger every day. Um, and if I, if I, I don't have a plan to travel, uh, for the next two weeks, I get really antsy. So I, I never stop. That's, that's a reality. And mm -hmm. so, and curiosity is uh, really important. I, I have a few mentors throughout the, throughout the years. Um, and, and then I'm very, my attitude is always to bring, to partner, to bring an amazing team uh, close to me, working with me, and, and learn from partners that uh, I'm lucky that I, I brought to the table, and they know way better than what I uh, what I know. So yeah. it's that's I think is a, um, that that's I think the the way to go. Very good. Yeah. I learned that you you've been running marathons and uh, are you still running marathons on or do you have time or do you do you make time for that Yeah yeah it's uh, I mean, to me a marathon is, uh, is 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 part of a luxury frontiers in a sense uh, is, yes. is 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 it's about an adventure it's about people it's about outdoors and so so to me it's sport adventures Luxury frontiers, business, passion is all in, in a big bucket. Uh, it's all like, it's all Luca. It's, uh, that's that's me. I ran 25 marathons. The first 15 in urban locations, and for, at that time, for me, it was about people. So I was running and running around to give give me five to all the kids along the street. Then I started luxury frontiers, and I decided that. That wasn't enough for me, and so I wanted to be in uh, outdoors, and so I ran around ten more marathons in uh, in the desert, in the North Pole, in around volcanoes, in the outdoors with no people, just me and nature. Uh, and lately, I started doing mountaineering, and uh, so I just came back from the Everest Space Camp. Uh, oh. So again, it's about going be curious and uh, always trying to explore something new. Yeah, well, my running has been mostly in urban, and I would say that uh, uh, maybe the toughest run was really not the, not the marathon, but was I was running from uh, Borobudur Temple towards Jogja, and uh, the the. The run started like 6.30 in the morning. It was quite nice and cool, but half an hour later, I thought I was going to die because it was, it was getting so hot and humid. That, uh, and I'm glad it was only 10K, not, 20, not a full, full marathon. Otherwise, it would be a, a quite an interesting uh, adventure to see how I could manage. Any particular runs that has been uh, memorable because it was a, a challenging climate or that, uh, that uh, may make it very extra special for you? But I think there, there was one um, in the North Pole that was 
the first half marathon was minus two Fahrenheit, and everybody had the frozen bites. Yeah. And um, on the land, on the we land on the ice cap. Yeah, I, I love again. That's an adventure. So I love extreme adventures. It's part yeah. of luxury frontiers. It's all 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 bundled together. Very good. Well, Luca, thank you very much. I think it has been a very interesting uh, time. We have half an hour we have spent together here, and uh, and I learned very much about you and also about about your passion and also where you see the luxury frontier going. So I'm looking forward to bringing you another time to discuss some other topics if you, if you don't mind. So, but for this episode, just thank you very much that you have joined and I'm looking forward to seeing you in one of the events we are going in together. Yeah, let's do in Finland. Thanks for joining us this week on The Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, thesocialhoteliershowblueberry.net, where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play or via RSS, so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we appreciate a rating in Apple Podcasts. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that will help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.